I'm Russell, or Russ, this is Karen, and uh, we are very blessed to be giving our re-engaged testimony for the first time tonight. So I met Karen in college and became friends as we both had the same major and same minors and had several classes together. Friendship soon begot a relationship we felt might have a future. We've been married for 33 years. It'll be 34 next month. I was attracted to Russ because of our ability to discuss topics such as politics, history, and current events. I thought he was the smartest person I had ever met. Since I had been in a relationship, her little giggles. <laughs> <laughs> since I had been in a relationship since high school, I only looked at Russ as a friend, which in hindsight turned out to be a great way to start our relationship. Karen graduated a semester before me and moved to New York. I graduated in the spring and moved to San Antonio. Karen eventually joined me, and we were married in January of 1988. Oh, there's the cute couple in the very 80s uh, dress there. Yeah, 80s style. Yes. I entered marriage understanding Jesus was my Savior and should be the focal point of my life and relationship, but I was not living as a believer. In our early married days, both of us concentrated on career growth and not spiritual growth. We followed our careers to Dallas in 1990. I was content in career and relationship, but fell very short in the pursuit of God. Our first son, Zachary, was born in late 1993. At that point, we started attending church on a regular basis. Our second son, Kyle, was born in 96. A priority to both of us was raising our children with an at-home parent. Years prior, uh, we had discussed the arrangement and were open to the decision for me to stay home as a primary caregiver. My job allowed me to work three to four nights a week and care for the boys during the day. I viewed this as a very positive situation for our family as a whole and found joy in my role. 1 Samuel 16, 7. For God sees not as men see. For man looks at outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Struggles became more difficult as we moved into parenthood. In October of 96, Zachary's first dental visit led to the discovery of tumors in his jaw and skull and a diagnosis of histiocytosis, which is a degenerative bone disorder. The morning after his first surgery, uh, I was overcome with a feeling of anger toward God because of his sickness. James 1.20, for the anger of man does not achieve the righteousness of God. This feeling was a reflection of selfishness and a true lack of faith. A real intentional, I'm sorry, a real internal and external struggle arose after that caused by my family of origin and family friends who questioned if we had lost God's protection due to our parenting arrangements. Philippians 2.13, for it is God who is at work in you, both to will and to work for his good. I selfishly didn't respond to Karen's needs for emotional support during this time because of my anger. This was the beginning of my emotional separation from Karen. I couldn't understand why Russ was angry. My response to his anger was to either escalate or withdraw from him completely. My escalation was intense, and I'm not proud to say that our children witnessed these outbursts many times. After three years of regular chemotherapy and some radiation treatment, Zachary was well. Our third son, Sam, was born a year later. Having a seven and a five-year-old as well as a newborn, I no longer worked outside of the house. 
God blessed us financially as Karen progressed professionally and eventually started her own ad agency. As Russ took on more of the daily parenting, I threw myself into my work and became very busy. Russ focused on the children and they became his biggest priority. Ultimately, we were losing sight of our marriage and did not invest in our relationship. Although Russ took on the role of being at home for the boys, it did not diminish his role as the leader and spiritual leader of our family. Fortunately, we agreed on how the boys should be raised, and Russ is a great dad. He coached on baseball and football teams, drove our middle son to rehearsals all over the Metroplex, and was hands-on in their daily lives. For that role he took on, I'm forever grateful. We have a picture of our three boys. There they are, we liked camping, so there they are. I was running my own business and the finances of my own business, which did not give a role to Russ in our finances. My issues with spending were easily hidden in this scenario. Russ seemed happy to be uninvolved in the financial issues and so they continued out of control. The stress of our financial situation had an impact on me, but I was happy not to have Russ's oversight. In re-engage, I asked Russ to hold me accountable, and I am now happy to have his leadership in this area. Our lives were an emotional roller coaster with high highs and low lows. We got to the point of serious conflicts every two weeks, and I told Russ I was tired of it, and my desire to be in the marriage was dwindling. Just getting to re-engage was a success. Previously, we had seen a Christian marriage counselor, but Russ said he didn't want to spend the money for someone to tell him it was all his fault. So let's save money, and he'll accept the blame, and that didn't get us very far. Uh, I was beginning to allow our marital equity to drop and fail to recognize it due to my selfishness. All my energy was going toward raising the boys and not on the spiritual health of our marriage. I focused on and over-prioritized parental and community activities like PTA, coaching, scouts, Sunday school, volunteering for school functions, etc. As time went on, my relationship with Karen continued to suffer. Part of my selfishness led to issues of alcohol overindulgence, leading to negative impacts on the family. I didn't drink often, but when I did, it was to excess. This created uh, social embarrassment for the family uh, and was not a positive witness for my faith. God helped me recognize the need for healing and more accountability in the area and led us to Watermark. Regularly attending church, serving, and involvement in our community group steadily revealed my fallen, selfish nature and helped change my priorities. Proverbs 3, 5, 6. Trust the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all ways acknowledge Him and He will make your path straight. God revealed to me how my focus had improperly shifted away from my responsibility as spiritual head of our family, and I had turned our sons into idols. I continued to separate emotionally from Karen. Uh, I focused on pouring my attention and effort into raising our sons to be men who loved Jesus and understood our role as servants to a most high God. Uh, they were involved in Watermark Kids and Young Life and small groups that brought forth solid biblical instructions and how to live as believers. But the greatest example I could show them was how to properly love and care for their mother. And at that, I was failing. 
uh, a malaise developed in our everyday relationship and began to manifest, manifest itself in arguments and times of true unhappiness that were occurring on a regular basis. Uh, this built up for several years and finally began to intensify at a point uh, where the realization that I was helpless to control my behavior became apparent by allowing small issues to blow up into large conflicts, uh, we both agreed to seek help. Uh, I was very aware of re-engage, but I had always felt that it was for couples living in true crisis situations. I felt the true urgency to start re-engage, uh, which we did in the spring of 2015. As we did, I felt the Lord filling my mind with memories and attitudes and episodes of selfishness that I had built up resentment in Karen. 2 Corinthians 12, 9. My grace is sufficient for you, for power is protected in weakness. I will rather boast about my weakness that the, that the power of Christ may dwell in me. After 25 plus years of marriage, we began our re-engaged journey and cleared out a lot of the emotional baggage that we had dragged along. On the first night, I was very hopeful. Of course, I walked in with the notion and expectation for re-engage to fix him, and all will be well. But putting the circle around myself allowed for several aha moments. The first was to realize that I had not truly forgiven Russ in my heart. I said I forgave him for his anger and his alcohol issues, but I held on to that hurt that built up and built up, and then I would explode. Forgiveness and that release is truly when healing began for me. I also realized my part in the marriage, how my expectations for Russ and my lack of support for him did not help in his healing. My forgiveness did not condone his actions, but as I had been forgiven by God, I forgave him. And as I have discovered, the more I act as God would have me act, the more blessings and I receive, and I receive the release of the bitterness that was in my heart. I learned that Russ's issues weren't the only problem in our marriage, as I originally thought when we started. I've learned to step out of God's way and let God work in our marriage. Psalm 55 says, cast your burdens upon the Lord, and he will sustain you. So on night one, I immediately understood what the circle was all about. You draw a circle, you step inside, then identify and work on the person in the circle, me. Then in chapter 1, recognizing my inability to love, God had lifted the veil from my eyes to help me recognize that I am powerless to love Karen the way I promised in our vows and the way God designed me to. Once I accepted the spiritual intervention, God blessed me with feeling hope for our marriage and a continued understanding of what death to self was about. Uh, to start with, Family of origin helped me understand and see many of the poor examples and bad habits that I had learned from my earthly father and how they influenced my behavior toward Karen. Every lesson revealed another area, pridefulness and self-righteousness concerning how I raised our sons, how I attempted to control Karen's emotions through mind games and hurtful words, that I showed her neither humility or grace when dealing with conflict in our marriage. 1 John 4.18 there is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. The forgiveness in action lesson. 
gave me an opportunity to ask God to truly help me search my heart and find the self-righteousness, selfishness, anger, and idolatry that had created a wedge between myself and God and myself and Karen, and then to confess and ask for forgiveness. The largest hurt that I continued to perpetuate was my lack of emotional intimacy. Karen had always made herself fully known to me emotionally. I had simply rejected it and created a level of fear uh, to, sh to share her feelings with me. Now I had to learn to fully know myself and then become fully known to her without the fear of rejection that I had instilled in her over the years. 2 Corinthians 4, 6. Therefore do not lose heart, but though our outer man is decaying, yet our inner man is being renewed day by day. I discovered so many of my own sins during re-engage. Bitterness, explosive anger, pride, and materialism were my sins. 1 Timothy 6, 6 through 8 says, Now godliness with contentment is real gain. For we brought nothing into the world, and certainly we will carry nothing out. And having food and clothing, with this we shall be content. I think 33 years of marriage has taught me that I created walls and stumbling blocks that led, led to bitterness and anger. Our spiritual journey together has helped me to take down the walls and remove the stumbling blocks from our paths. Submit is not a very well-received word. For women, it is a trigger. But I have learned to submit first to God and secondly to my husband. It is humbling, but for someone who likes to control and plan, it takes me outside of just my plans and lets Russ in. In the past, I'd get frustrated with Russ for not making plans. And I'm sure in the beginning he tried, but he ultimately gave up. I get frustrated with things not being clean enough or organized enough. And instead of being frustrated, I now see that this is an issue that I bring. And my reaction to things not being the way I want them to be is something that I have to temper and acknowledge. My reactions are not justified, that my only reaction should be love, because that's what Jesus models for us, only love, mercy, and forgiveness. And if I can't extend that to Russ, then who? Without the presence of the Holy Spirit, my reaction and words can only harm. James 3, 8, but no man can tame the tongue. It is an unruly evil, full of deadly poison. I try to remember, especially in conflict and in minor daily annoyances, that my reactions contributes to the problems and escalation. I also acknowledge that my feeling is usually based on selfishness and a need to control the situation and environment, and that is something I need to work on and to ask the Holy Spirit to help me see my own faults. Understanding and appreciating our differences is important. I've learned to appreciate Russ's ability to savor the moment. My focus is usually on plans, executing plans, and getting lots of things done. I now tune into Russ's savoring the moment, although I have to admit this is an area of discipline for me. But it is also a spiritual discipline to allow myself time with God, spending time in his word, and looking for his direction for my day and my life. Our marriage today is not completely free of conflict or our fallen natures defined by selfishness, arrogance, and pride. It is a relationship defined by our spiritual understanding that God's gift of marriage 
is more about making us holy than it is about happiness. Reengage gives us the tools to work through these conflicts in a scriptural manner that leads to shorter accounts and quicker forgiveness, thus ultimately making happiness a byproduct of a marriage on the right course. In conflicts, I've learned to be patient and not react. Secondly, I think we've both been careful of our words and rely on our safe place for discussing any issues. We both acknowledge that we're on the same team and honor each other's admonishments. Our safe harbor is where we can discuss conflict with the understanding that we're discussing things only in love for each other and see how we can sharpen each other with the ultimate intention of being who God wants us to be, not who we want each other to be. So this safe place is where we can express to each other our frustrations or dislikes in an environment free of judgment and uh, ridicule. A place where we fully listen to the needs and concerns of each other without just selfishly contemplating our responses. Listening, internalizing, prayerfully contemplating, act upon, acting upon what we learn together. Uh, chapter 13 of Corinthians discusses the attributes of love. The verse that stands out to me is verse 5. Love does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. I am so thankful for God's presence in our marriage because we both agree that without him we would not have survived, and I'm not sure what our lives would look like now. After re-engage and continuing to serve and re-engage, our marriage is truly a blessing. I adore Russ, and I now see him in a new way. When we finished uh, re-engage, our leaders, the Vidreens, asked us to pray about serving as re-engaged leaders in the future. We both realized going forward what a blessing for us and our continued growth toward oneness if we would, uh, if we would, uh, would be able to facilitate others on the journey. Each time we lead, we, or each time we do lead, we participate in the lessons and continue to find new areas of our relationship that need healing and strengthening. Russ and I now experience a real oneness and joy, and I look forward to this new chapter of our lives. To cultivate our faith together, we started reading a daily devotional on the YouVersion app. We re recently read a devotional about dealing with uncertainty as I am going through a change of, in of employment. Instead of letting the stress of the world inform our path, we are looking to God to inform us on how to walk through life's struggles and uncertainty. Finally, tonight, I'd like to encourage you to always pray together. It reminds us daily who God wants us to be, takes us out of selfish mode and into God's team. Philippians 2.3 says, Do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind regard one another as more important than yourselves. So if you are in the midst of conflict, I'm guessing most of us are, I encourage you with this verse, Romans 5, 3. And not only that, but we also glorify glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, and perseverance character, and character hope. Our focus is our daily lives. Our focus, our focus now in our daily lives is serving God, serving others, and serving each other. We work on our selfish desires and remind each other every day of our true mission. 
And our family recently had an addition. We Last added a daughter. We went, yes, and we went through uh, two weddings in 2020, so there we are. Thank you all.